Hello and welcome to Reality Check, the podcast that gives you the truth about the state of marketing. On Reality Check, we interview people who are at the top of their game and the highest levels of the marketing industry. No theory here, just reality. This is the podcast for agency owners. We only talk to the most senior of marketing directors or those at the top of the agency game. Our aim is to bring you heaps of value in just 30 minutes. I'm Oliver Duffy Lee, and I'll be your host. Enjoy. Welcome to another bonus episode of The Reality Check. Today, I am with the amazing Will Smiley. Will is an agency owner based in South Africa who has basically done it all. Will runs two agencies, one creative agency and one performance marketing agency, and is just in the process of launching a brand new app as well. I wanted to talk to Will about the idea of productization. Will is someone that has been there and done it and can add loads of value to agency owners that are considering productization or simply want to know more. So for now, just sit back and enjoy the chat we had. Okay, so Will, thanks so much for joining us on the show. As a way of getting started, can you just introduce yourself, please? My name is Will. Um, I run, a, I run a, an ad agency in Cape Town, South Africa. I have two, actually. One being a creative, a creative digital agency and another being a performance-based marketing business. And then in the last couple of years, we've been building out our own app in-house, um, which with any luck will be launched, relaunched in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Awesome, man. And, and, and that's, exactly, that's exactly why I wanted you on the show, because you're going through a productization process, I would say. And I want to talk to you about that in a second. But before I do, when we talked before, when we talked about your creative agency and your performance marketing agency, you mentioned you had some pretty cool clients on your list. So tell us about them and the kind of work you've been doing. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we, on, the, on the creative side, we've, been, we've worked a lot with energy drinks. We worked with Red Bull for a long time. We worked awesome. on... A whole bunch of alcohol. So we worked with Grupo Campari on Sky Vodka. We worked with KWV, which is a sort of wine group in South Africa. You guys definitely get them over there as well. We worked with Perleberg Wine Group. We worked with Stellenbosch Vineyards. So a lot in the drinks category. Wow. And as a focus point. And then in the fashion industry. So we worked with some high-end bridal clients. Fast fashion as well. There's a, there's a, a multinational called the Tashini Group. And we, do, we run some digital marketing for their brands or for some of their brands rather. We work with a chili oil that's just launched in the UK. Check them out. Oh, okay. Chili oil. Um, what are they called? Sorry, what was the name? Banhook Chili Oil. So it's a awesome. it's a, a place in uh, France, in Cape Town, South Africa. Yeah, and I, I mean, and everything in between as well. We work with some hotels. Uh, we've worked with an Airbnb management company. Who else do we work for at the moment? Uh, I forget, but it's, it's kind of awesome. From start to finish, we've done some work for Hyundai in the states. We've worked with Red Bull and Red Bull Mobile. Yeah, it's a pretty and, impressive list, man. Well, it's, you know, it's, we've been in business for eight years. So we don't have all those clients at the same time, but, but yeah, some yeah. nice clients over the years. On the performance marketing side, we work with uh, FSPs, so financial service providers. Um, we work with the Auto and General Group, which is a big group in South Africa, um, King Price Insurance. And then our, one of our core our key accounts at the moment is FNB, which is one of the big banks in South Africa. Wow. And they actually just reordered a pile of new business from us last week. So we've got kind of our... our <laughs> Our, new, our, biggest, our biggest piece of new business in quite a long time last year we're really excited about. This is so cool. And it, look, it sounds like super healthy. And I love the fact you're, you're busy as well as trying the productization thing. So if I could quickly ask you about the creative side, and you had a lot of energy drinks, you had a lot of alcohol drinks. Did you find... Sorry, alcohol companies. Did you find that 
being active in those categories already helped you get new business in those categories? 100%. So working, I mean, for example, working with Stellenbosch Vineyards, who was one of our first key accounts in the alcohol sector, led us directly to Herderberg Winery and KWV as two of the marketing directors from uh, Stellenbosch Vineyards actually changed jobs. And when they changed jobs, they were like, come with uh, us. Ah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so, and we've actually worked more, and you know, through working with those guys, we worked with Origin Winery and some others. So yeah, we've really done a lot of work in wine. And yeah, working with Grupa Campari through that same, uh, on Sky Vodka, through that same relationship, it looks like we are going to be working on Shivas Regal and Beef Eater Gin wow. in Southern Africa as well. And that's, that's not confirmed yet, so I hope whoever's listening is... <laughs> I hope you haven't cursed it, man. ...is not putting the tick in that box, but I'm pretty sure the business has been won. Um, we're just sort of negotiating pricing. Awesome. Yeah, with any luck, I think we'll start pre-production for that in October. That's amazing. And so it sounds like you're making good relationships with clients, then sometimes they're moving and they're taking you with them or they're referring you to other people who they know, yeah. right? I mean, interestingly enough, we've it's, this business really started. It's, it started really small, and we're still we're still pretty small by agency standards. But I mean, I, I literally started, you know, at, at my dining room table, and you know, just out of sheer luck at the time, really, we managed to land an amazing account with Red Bull, and that kind of, you know, everybody loves Red Bull as a brand, and yeah. everybody loves the marketing that Red Bull does. So. The, the fact that we, were, we started our business by working for Red Bull, we could kind of go around to people, you know, go around to clients and say, hey, we work for Red Bull. Um, yeah. we, didn't, we didn't really know what we were doing, but we we're like, listen, we work for Red Bull. We must be good. <laughs> and people agreed with us, you know, so that's kind of how we got started. And yeah, over the last eight years, we, we've sort of built a, built a full team out. Um, there's 10 of us in the, creative, in, in the creative team. And yeah, growing all the time, even through these difficult times, we had a bit of a, we had a, bit of a drop off. We lost a couple of okay. clients. And we had some retainers cut, et cetera, you know, sort of halved or whatever. I think, you know, most of the world experienced that. Yeah. In, at the same time, you know, companies were scrambling to digitize. And because we can provide a full yeah. suite of services from sort of, you know, from start to finish, we, we, we come and understand your brand, build a, build a system that can work for you and sort of prove our worth from day one. Um, we've picked up business, you know, coming out the back of, well, not, I mean, it's not out the back. We're definitely still in the middle of it. But True. But sort of, Coming back as, as businesses start to to build and grow again. So um, and and that's great. And what I loved about speaking to you when we first spoke is that you know on the surface, if you look at your agencies and the client list and everything like that, it looks like a powerhouse, right? And, and you know, to a lot of people who are listening to this, who may be uh, young agency owners or people just starting agency, it may feel like that's just a different league. But when I spoke to you, it was this. You gave me this impression of you know, it's there's no, it's not just about a magic pill. It's just about grinding. It's about putting yourself out there, talking to people. Yeah, it just it just made it feel achievable to to grow to an agency like that. Yeah, it, it has it has really felt it's, it's it's felt like that. I mean, we've I can't believe you know through this pro you know through the in the last eight years like it's always there's always been you know just as we've lost a key account you know someone else has come around the mm. corner and we worked with Dunlop, Slazenger, Canterbury, Columbia, and Speedo wow. for about a year. Maybe, maybe, maybe more, maybe like 18 months. And they, they kind of became like our primary piece of business and they're working hard for them. And they changed CEO locally and, you know, suddenly, you know, things are up in the air. And then we just got a, we know, we got an email out of the blue, you know, you know, cut, cut contract as of next month. And we were oh, just right. like, what do we, you know, what do we do? Like this is particularly because it's kind of grown organically. I've never really had like a, a, a planned lead funnel for my yeah. own business. It's been like network marketing. 
Um, but as that happened, we picked up another key account, you know, like three weeks later, managed to salvage the business. So yeah, I, I think what we, when we spoke last time, I, I'd said that we've never had to retrench a staff member as a result of losing business. Yeah, that's amazing. It has felt like sheer luck, but at the end of the day, if I look back, you know, as you build networks and relationships, you know, in fact, someone always, someone, that's my dad. My dad always says to me, it takes seven years, seven years to start a business. And once you've got through that seven year period, you kind of, the people that you were speaking to in year one will come back, you know, and the people that you're speaking to in year two will come back. And so now it feels like we're on this sort of rolling ball trajectory. And then also obviously branching out into other stuff to, to make the business more sustainable. No, I love that. And, and so, and yeah, that seven year period, I mean, that seems like a long time, right? At the start of it, but you know, you're working hard, you're basically hustling for those seven years and then you're, you're reaping the rewards of that hustle afterwards, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, it looks, it looks that way at the moment, you know, never count on the and touch wood, like it's all going good for the moment, but I mean, you never know what's around the corner. So yeah, we're just thankful for where we are at the moment and yeah, see what, see what happens next. That's awesome. And so let's, let's talk about productization because I think my hunch is that productization is a good option for a lot of agencies out there that are not loving life as client service teams and whatever else. So what was the reason? So what was the first thing you thought, actually, let's do this? And actually before, sorry, my, my first question is, what exactly is productization and how have you done it? So for me, prioritization is, you know, basically finding something or building something that you can trade, you can, you can build and you can sell or you can buy in and you can sell yourself. Yeah. The, the reason that we did it was because we came across a product through my current partner who was, you know, he wasn't working in the business. We hadn't started the business yet. We actually started this, the performance marketing business or at least what became the performance business as a result of this product that we saw huge value in that we thought the owner of the product at the time hadn't accessed it. So there was just this huge value there. He kind of, the product had, has always been um, available as a value add plugged into big networks and, and sold relatively cheaply. We thought, we saw this product and we were like, this is a great product. We could create a consumer model around this and a consumer business. And you know, what are we good at? We're good at selling products online. So if we can build yeah. the technology behind the product in order to make it a consumer facing application, and we can you know, build a, a marketing funnel, a digital marketing funnel, where we can figure out you know, how much it costs us to, to generate a sale and you know, what the lifetime value of that sale is. If we can get those numbers right, then you know, it's kind of a no-brainer over time. It hasn't obviously turned out quite that simply because you know, it's, we, we are sort of two years, two years into building this. We're kind of in the third relaunch. We've seen great numbers in, in various parts of this process. So we know that the product will succeed. It's just a matter of getting, the, getting it right. Having, having the sort of funds available to be able to leverage our own business to, to sell that product. And, and what it, tell us exactly what, what is the product? So it's a two-for-one dining product. And I'm loath to use the word two-for-one because some of our sort of corporate clients are, are not that keen on it. But it's essentially what it is. It's in fact more than two-for-one. So you, and there's obviously there's other applications for it. So we've got two for one movies coming, and we've got two for one copies cool. coming. But at the moment, it's a two for one dining product, and, and it's a, a subscription model. So essentially, you pay us a hundred rand a month, which is what's that about five pounds? Yeah, and, it's, about, it's um, about twenty. It's about twenty rand to a pound, I think. Yeah, it's about twenty rand to a pound. So a hundred yeah. rand a month, five pounds, which is basically the cost of a meal out. You yeah. pay that a month. We've got a thousand restaurants at the moment on our network around the country. Wow. Okay. And, you go out and you go out and eat. Um, you order two meals and two drinks, and then we discount your second meal 
up to the value of 120 rands, so up to the value of about six pounds. So essentially, as a user, if you if you go out to eat once a month, you know, which I think in this market, quite a lot of people do. Definitely. I mean, yeah. also, also, obviously, you know, every time you go out to drink, you order a Coke or you order a beer. So it's not like it's any skin off your nose to to do these things. So although that's built into the product, there's no reason for the consumer not to want to do it. Mm-hmm. So you go out, you order two meals, two drinks, and we discount your second meal up to more than the value of the subscription that you're paying. And the beauty of the product is that unlike many other sort of discounts or value service products, there's no there's no there's no hidden charges, there's no there's no cash to that. You can literally use this as much as you want. So you can go out and eat three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner at any one of our restaurants. The only caveat is that you have to order these drinks and you can't use you can't eat at the same restaurant twice in one day. But I mean, let's be honest. Twice in one day. <laughs> that never happens anyway. So you can you can happily you can go eat pizza at your favorite pizzeria thirty days in a row, and uh, you'll still be paying your hundred rand subscription. That's amazing. So and so all you have to do as a user is basically eat at once, and you've made it's worth the subscription, basically. Exactly. Okay, cool. And and so um, what do you what do you get apart from the subscription? Are you getting um, anything back from the restaurants as well, or? Yeah, so we, so we, it's this is this is where we've partnered with the back end business. So we, we've we've kind of agreed terms to become fifty fifty partners in the original business, which was this value added back end product. And the reason that we did that was that they've got huge experience with the restaurants. They've obviously built their relationships with network, um, with restaurants over years. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a tiered uh, pricing structure, tiered pricing model for restaurants based on on um, usership, how many people use the product in their restaurants. So there's various fees that go on in the background. It's quite complicated. So we're quite happy to have them on board to 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 run that piece for us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you know, restaurants restaurants pay a fee or and sometimes less and sometimes more depending on on usership. And then customers pay us a fee as well. And then yeah, as long as all of that works out, which we think it will. In fact, we know it's working. The the financials yeah. are working. Then there's a kind of there's value for everyone in that chain. So the restaurant gets more foot traffic. Um, it doesn't cost them much because it's just a food cost, really. The consumer saves their, their 120 rand off each meal. And we obviously make the subscription service, uh, the subscription fees. So yeah. there's kind of value for all, 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 the, all the pieces of the pie for the various stakeholders. No, I like it. And, and actually, I, I, and I know you know this, this is a good product, but I can very recently, and actually now in the UK, so we're filming this uh, 20th of August. So in the UK, as a response to COVID, what the government have done is they've launched a scheme called Eat Out to Help Out. And so basically, Monday to Wednesday, you eat out. Pretty much every restaurant has signed up to this, right? So you eat out Monday to Wednesday. They 50% off your food and non-alcoholic drinks up to the value of 10 pounds, so 200 rand per person, right? Yeah. And dude, like Monday night is like busier than any Saturday night right now. Yeah. Like everyone's eating out. So honestly, and, and it's been the case for the last three weeks. I don't know if it's everywhere where I'm in Leicester. That's definitely the case. So, um, so, so yeah. I mean, what- what you're telling me is that the UK government has stolen our idea and we need to go elsewhere to <laughs> Basically, what I'm, what I'm telling you though is that people love a discount when it comes to eating out. I mean, dude, they, they just, they snap it up. Yeah. And the other, the other nice thing about this product is that you don't actually have to involve the restaurant staff in the process. So That's the one. Yeah, true. Yeah. So you take, you know, you take a photo of your bill on our app. Uh, you submit it, you submit it directly on the app and then we pay you cash back into your account. So you don't even have to tell your friends who are using the product if you don't want to. You can go, <clears throat> go eat out with your girlfriend or your best friend and just take a picture of your bill after the fact. Nice. And you know, you get your, you get your bucks back regardless. 
No, I love it. Because actually that has been where the scheme has fallen down a little bit when people have just forgotten to do the 50% off and stuff like that. So yeah, you're, I can see that's a big advantage. Now, some people might be listening to this and going, hold on. So we were talking about doing creative for Red Bull and loads of amazing wine companies a second ago. Now we're talking about Toothborn Dining App. So why did you think this might be a good idea? And what was the process to go in? So as I said, it started off because we thought there was value in the product. The reason that we really wanted to do it, um, my partner and I, was, was to create sustainability for our business. Um, okay. all, you know, all advertising executives will know, and people that work in advertising in general, you know, kind of what happens is, quite often what happens is you win a big account, it's a two-year contract, yeah. um, you staff up, you get sort of 10 or 20 new people to service that account. And then you lose the account in two years' time and everyone gets fired and there's like, you know, the agency environment becomes hectic to be in, sort of toxic culture develops, you know, you you don't feel like you've got job security. And um, I actually came from an agency that was like that. You know, I came from, I came, my my first job was in an agency with a toxic environment where there was this like, it's all about the, you know, we'll win a big account, we'll service the account. And if we get fired, then you guys can all leave, you know, bar the one or two people that will stick around. And I just really thought that was quite a, it's quite an intense model. You know, it makes it puts everybody on edge. So, you know, the, why we did this was to create some sustainability in the business. If we can sell our own product, we can generate our own um, annuity income. And we can then, and then we can obviously leverage the services of our team, leverage the skills of our team to service this new product, essentially becoming our own clients. We don't run that risk anymore, or at least until, you know, once we get to a point where the product is selling enough to cover our staff costs, we have a, we have a, a completely sustainable business. And so that's really what we're after. Um, besides the fact that annuity business is great, because, you know, although, although you do have, you've obviously got customers, there's sort of 10, the thousands or tens of thousands of them as opposed to sort of 10 key accounts. So, you know, there's always going to be a customer attrition. You'll lose some, but you, the hope is that you just put more on the book each month. Then you lose, and then, then and then the business is sustainable. So yeah, so that's kind of where we started, and then through the process, the performance marketing agency was born actually because my partner also came from a, a, a pretty difficult working environment, and he was like, "I need to get out." You know, these guys are offering me profit share, and they're offering me, but it's just never, it's never happening. You know, I'm on a bit of yeah. a prospecting <laughs> salary. I can, like, I'm, I'm doing all this work. I'm providing huge value for this business, and they're not giving any of it back to me. So we set up this, we actually, the first thing we did was set up this product. We're selling it on the phone out of the first, uh, the first agency's office. And then we got an amazing partnership with, uh, with an agency in Joburg. And he was able to move across and set up the performance marketing arm of, of our mini group, I guess you could call it. And yeah, and essentially that's what's been funding. That, that's kind of what's funded the development of the app. You know, we've, we've basically made, made some money and then we've, we've, we've invested it back into ourselves business. Yeah, we hope to see some fruit soon. Cool. And, and, and so what was the, um, you say it's not been an easy, a smooth transition. What, what have been the key challenges? For the, for the product? Yeah. I mean, building the product so has been incredibly difficult. It's, and I mean, that, that's, not, that's not completely accurate. But so although we're a full service digital agency, we've always outsourced developers. Developers, you know, unless you're a developer, it's kind of like anything, unless you know what is, it's, it's like building a house, you know, you like, and, and people have, people have difficulty building houses, you know, a, a builder comes, a building contractor, you know, says, you know, I want to charge you 10,000 rand to read or 10,000 pounds to redo your bathroom. And then they crack the floor open and they say, well, your foundations need to be done. 
you know, so can you please <laughs> please be done? So it's another ten thousand pounds, and oops, we cracked a water pipe. So like that's another ten thousand pounds. So you start with a budget of ten thousand pounds, and by the time the bathroom's built, you kind of broke, yeah. and you don't have a flower head yet. <laughs> that's, that's 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 very much how it's how it's felt on the development side because you know we don't we don't speak code, so we can't really check. All okay. We've only been able to check when the product's been delivered. So we started out with a very with a very simple website, and that was where we got the numbers, and it was working. And we thought to ourselves, well, you know, we want this product to we want to create an amazing consumer experience, and an amazing consumer experience when you're a subscriber is you obviously you just want an app that's on your phone that stores your data, that stores your clips. You know what's happening. You can actually you can contact us. There's you know chats and all that sort of stuff. So let's build that. Let's build that next. And we went to a, um, a development company and we kind of went through sort of 18 months of development. And about four months ago, we scrapped that entire app, even though it's, oh, wow. it's currently still on the stores. It's just so buggy that we actually can't, you know, we've stopped marketing it because we don't want our customers to have to have that experience. So mm-hmm. we kind of threw, threw that app out the window, even though it's still in use and people still are using it. And we rebuilt it along with our partners, our new partners. Who, who run the back end of the business mm-hmm. of the the restaurant business, and yeah, so the difficulty was just getting getting this. You know, we we actually just want a slick a slick digital thing that yeah. you can use and it works and like you know it's simple, it's easy, no hitches, no bugs. Yeah. So that's been that's just been quite a long process. But as I was telling you before the call, we kind of we, with any luck by Tuesday we should have the final. Final mm-hmm. product and and you know we hope to relaunch to the public in quite a big way on the first of September with any luck. Right, that's awesome. So hopefully when this is live, people are listening now. It's out there. The new product is launched. Indeed, that's awesome. So imagine I, w- I want to try and give a bit of advice and value to anyone listening who may this may be right for. So imagine there's an agency out there that um, is thinking, you know what, <laughs> I'm kind of done with this sort of finding business, servicing business servicing clients and trying to find more business and do more projects, blah, blah, blah. That merry-go-round, the client merry-go-round. What ingredients do they need to have in-house as an agency to even consider going for productization or or building product? Cool. I mean, I can only speak to the digital side of this because, you know, (laughs) although I worked in a traditional agency, I I wasn't there long enough to kind of really get to to grips on how all those systems work. The nice thing about digital is that you can calculate, you know, you can calculate down to the random, to the, to the, to the, to the cent, what it costs you to to sell something, and if you if if what it costs you to sell something is less than what you bought it for, and you know obviously including all the costs of the people that did the work, and you, there's a profit out the other end, then you know you've got a you've got a business. You either know straight away that you've got a business or you don't. So for, on the digital side, it's quite it's quite nice and simple. It's straightforward if you can get your tracking right. So I mean, so you need a paid media person, of course. You need someone who understands, you know, Facebook ad manager, Instagram ad manager, Google, everything. Yeah. You know, more uh, SEO. You know, basically understanding your traffic sources and what your conversion rate is. And then in the house, you know, standard standard stuff. You know, as an agency, you've got copywriters, you've got designers, you've got strategists, yeah. and you're doing this work for clients all the time. You know, so you set you and as an as an agency, you're always saying to your clients. If you pay us, you will get more value than, than it costs to pay us. Yeah, than it costs to pay us. So, and if we can do that, the, the, if we can do that maths for you, then it's a no-brainer. And, and uh, I'm yeah. not sure how we ourselves, but that's how I sell. And so, you know, one of the 
one of the if you if you can say to a client, well, you know, we've actually built our own thing. True. We built our own thing, and you know, we we use ourselves to sell our own thing, um, which means we back ourselves. So you you guys should too. So it actually becomes a bit of a sales tool as well. But but yeah, essentially, what what does someone need? I mean, I would say an idea for a product. You know, what do you want to sell? Like something that's that interests you. And that you're, you're you're passionate about something that you can actually see yourself selling, you know whether it's there's a there's a service or a need um, that you want to fulfill or or a product that you you know maybe there's you know amazing bamboo mattress covers you know that no one's selling and you know you can sort of stash some of those and distribute them around where you are as a starting point like just something small and you can start small that's the nice thing about it you know yeah when it's, when it, the team's got additional capacity. You know, you plug them into trying to sell your your, your in-house product and yeah, A for aware. So it doesn't have to be, you're saying it, doesn't, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be, the product itself doesn't have to be a digital thing. It doesn't have to be an app. It literally could be anything. As long as you know you've got a team which can make more money from selling something than it costs to advertise it, then you've got a business basically. You've got a business and then, and then you literally just build it. And then whenever there's a little extra, extra um, additional funds and we all know in advertising, it's all about testing. And particularly digital, you know, you, you never run one ad, you run eight and you see which one is the best, yeah. but, you know, performs the best. And so it's, it's kind of like that, you know, is this product the right one for us? Maybe not. Let's move on to the next product. Should we have a suite of products? But then we've got, probably got warehousing costs. I've never been a big fan of the drop shipping movement. Um, I think that's kind of a heavy, 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 heavy tax on the environment mm-hmm. and sort of just basically, you know, selling, selling stuff globally that you don't warehouse yourself or whatever. But I'm not saying it's not an opportunity. It's not, it's not an option. There's there's True. there's vast quantities of information on on the yeah. internet how you can build a drop shipping business. It's just not for me, but it might be for somebody else. Yeah, sure. But yeah, you know, uh, start small, sell a couple of things. You know, if you if uh, the more you sell, the more money you have to invest in selling more. Okay, cool. And 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 so I got two more questions for you. So the first is, um, if you could at the start of that journey when you're like, we're going to do this, any what advice would you give to yourself back then? That you wish you'd known at that point, you know what I mean. A hundred percent, like the simpler is better. So, okay. like, and I think you know, once I went down this journey, once I went down this road, and I started, I, I kind of got a little bit more interested in startups. I've never really been interested in the startup world per se, mm-hmm. but some. I mean, there's a famous one that is it's probably like Zuckerberg or whatever. He's like, you know, move fast and break things. Like, don't be precious. Yeah. It's really important that you don't really like hold on to hold on to stuff that's not working. So, even though it's, we haven't really moved fast, we've been two years at this now. But you know, we, we, it was it was quite a, it was in fact a huge decision for us to scrap an entire app that we've been working on for eighteen months. Of course, just because we were, and it was like obviously a, a, a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of everything, and to just be able to like to be able to say let's just turn that off and in fact just go, you know. Balls to the wall in another direction. That was a, a, a game changer for us because kind of it's kind of led us to where we are. So yeah, don't be too precious. If I could, if I could, if I could go back two years, and also if you if you're developing something and you don't know developers, the the, the, the expensive ones are there for a reason. That's oh, nice. Yeah, it's really so. You think you can get away with paying a cheap developer, or you know, it's, you know, but you end up with bugs and you end up with the system doesn't work. That doesn't work. So I would say like developers charge for a reason, although it seems frustrating. It's kind of the same anecdote as the builders. There's a reason that someone charges you 300,000 rand for a kitchen instead of 50. It's because they've done 300,000 kitchens instead of 50. And when they look at the floor, they're going to be like, you need new foundations before they walk, before they crack it open kind of thing. I like it. 
So, and, and, and the other thing is, so what is it? So you, at the moment, you've got a creative agency, you've got a performance marketing agency, you've got, this, uh, you've got the app, right? So what's the future for you? Are you running all three at the same time? Well, so it's not, it's not just me, obviously. We've got, um, sure. I've, got, I've got multiple partners. So our, our sort of little, our little, our little group, that, if you want to call it that, is a, you know, it's myself and my partner, Guy. Um, he runs the performance marketing agency. I run the, the creative agency. And then we've got the, our partners in the app, but we are responsible for the technology side. So we've got some, we've got a developer, a backend developer in house. We've now finally found a really good front end developer who's helping us part time. Yeah. So it's, it is all three at the same time, but it's kind of, you know, guys got his team that runs his business. I've got my team that runs my business. And then we kind of collectively work on the app together and we sort of uh, share resources among this little group. But the future is basically, you know, we obviously want the agencies to keep going, but the future is really building this, building this um, annuity book that we that, that that we've been looking at for so long. Yeah, and um, potential to grow outside of South Africa in terms of offices and sort of staff and things, and in terms of the uh, the app itself. Ah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. No, we, like we are, we are. In fact, we we've already we've had some conversations with some companies in Europe. Awesome. But those conversations we had about a year ago because we were like, we're going to be ready in two weeks. <laughs> but yeah, well, those kind of, we'll open those doors again as soon as we... Basically, once we've proved the model, once we've got the app working, once, we, once, we, once it's slicked from start to finish, I mean, that was another lesson. Like, don't, don't burn bridges too quickly. Like, don't open doors if you're not ready to walk through them. Okay, um, yeah. Because we did, we were like, ah, oh, it's going to be ready. Like, let's just, we, we need to quickly, like, let's start making, you know, building relationships. We need to get into the US and, Euro- and Europe and we'll start mm, like, you know, making point. this happen globally. But then we, you know, then people were like, so what's happening? And it's like six months later, we're like, well, you know, guys, I've, you know, <laughs> it's not a good look, huh? It's not a good look. Yeah. So, you know, make sure that you've got, like, at least your prototype is like, or whatever you're selling works. Like, you can, if, if it's your bamboo mattress cover, like, you know, make sure that when it's delivered, like it, it's not, you know, smashed through the side and wet. Course, or yeah. yeah. Simple things. Try to keep it simple. I like it, man. Well, thank you so much for this. And, and I'm really excited. It sounds like really exciting. I think hopefully in the future when the app, the, this version of the app is launched, we can have you back on. You can tell us like how it's going and things like that. But in the meantime, I just want to say the best of luck and thank you so much for joining us. Awesome. Thanks, Ali. I'm really looking for like hopefully we can have me back on and we're speaking about a successful business that's now moved to Europe and the US. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm eating out on your app. Yeah, that'd be amazing. You're eating out of my app. And if you don't if you <laughs> me again, well, we know it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, man. Take care. Cheers, man. Thanks very much for listening to Reality Check. For more info on me, our show, or our guests, or just to find out how you can come on the show, just drop me a DM on Instagram and I'll get back to you. In the meantime, keep up the good work.